get people on board who know what they are doing and who have been through this. Um, I think this helps you in the beginning to really make the right decisions and trust people to make the right decisions. You can't do this with just having juniors and if you need money as a business um, to make wise decisions. I think we always consciously saw ourselves as a mature startup um, that has been through years of experiences and now we want to really do it right um, from the beginning and not hire people um, that need to figure it out along the way because I think it's healthier you create a healthier environment if you have people that help juniors in the future or people that are just in starting their, their career with like some guidance and I think um, that's what's lacking in a lot of startups that the people that have their first job really learn from people that uh, have been doing this stuff before, right? And I think we consciously mm. wanted to say, we are hiring senior people and then we add on people that can learn. Um, but I think the other way around, it's usually not not really time efficient and also not a great experience for, for the team. Hi everyone, it's Marissa Bryan here again with our next episode of Scaling So Far. And I'm really excited today to be talking to one of the co-founders of Pitch, um, Vanessa Stock, who is their VP of People and is joining us from Berlin this afternoon. Um, Vanessa is leading their team, which is distributed both, but based both in Berlin and distributed globally. And before joining Pitch, of course, Vanessa was part of the Wunderlist team, um, where she helped to hire and build the core team there that saw them eventually reach exit. Vanessa. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast and thank you for making the time to, to speak with me. Um, how is everything going for you over in sunny Berlin today? Amazing. Yeah, we have a nice sunny day, actually. Uh, it's, it's a blue sky, which is unusual. And uh, we are nearing our yeah, end of the winter here and look forward to, yeah, hopefully a bit better summer than last year. Um, <laughs> I think we're all looking forward to a bit of sunshine, both the real kind and the uh, the proverbial kind, we might say, over the next few months. So, um, Vanessa, lovely to meet you and really looking forward to learning a bit more about you. Tell us a bit about yourself and, and your story, your background. My story, yeah. I think uh, my story starts actually, uh, yeah, in advertising. I always wanted to work mm -hmm. in advertising. I always liked the creative fields and... Uh, worked uh, in an agency early on in my career and uh, studied PR. So that was my my background. But I was always interested in actually changing the way how people work or like, because um, mm -hmm. it's a very hierarchical system, these agencies. And I always felt like there must be a future of working for all of us that's not so traditional and um, more progressive in which everyone can contribute uh, to uh, the greater good and uh, yeah I kind of decided very early on that I want to continue studying and study business psychology and organizational psychology and that has led me to doing HR in a startup because there you can actually really change the work and, uh, and change the environment for people and really establish a healthy culture because um, you basically start from scratch and uh, you can, yeah, you have, yeah, self-organizing teams and all these things. And uh, yeah, so that has led me into the HR world uh, a few mm -hmm. years back. And that's where, yeah, I've been at uh, the last, I think, 10 years now. And uh, it's a great journey. Excellent. And Vanessa, 
tell us a little bit about the the story of, of co-founding Pitch. If I understand correctly, you guys co-founded the seven of you that came together from Wunderlist to, to create Pitch. Is that correct? Yeah, we are eight. Um, oh, eight. Sorry, you plus seven. Sorry, Dustin. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's fine. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, it's a unique setup and we all... Yeah, we were all working together and decided to yeah do this again. And uh, we just fully trusted each other. We know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And we're just like really certain that we're going to give it a try one more time. Christian, our CEO, he, yeah, he's been the CEO back then at Bonellis. And he basically just reached out to all of us. And we decided, yeah, let's do this. And um, yeah, we have a very unique setup. We are basically... Yeah, different. Everyone has a different set of skills and, and specialties. Uh, we have uh, four different tech co-founders. One of them is a CTO, and the others, uh, yeah, vary in their specialization. And then a design co-founder, a business administration co-founder. I, me, doing recruiting and everything people related, and the CEO. And it's been working amazing, and it helped us really taking right decisions early on and really having a lot of people with their special skill set um, at the table and uh, helping us yeah, to make the right decision when it comes to product, when it comes to tech decision or just business decisions. And yeah, I think it's a unique setup, but I can only recommend it everyone to try it. And I have to ask, like, if I hear that you say that there's eight of you who are kind of working together, trying to make decisions together, trying to create a plan together. Does that ever get a little bit tricky with eight voices in the room? I mean, we are even more, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, we have a leadership team that's like also very senior with Osa from Spotify, who's our COO right now. And then um, VP sales and all this. We have a strong leadership team. Um, mm -hmm. But I think we are having healthy debates but we also trust each other in our domains to make a call in the end you know we would ha have healthy debates and try to democratically really uh, involve everyone as much as possible mm -hmm. and it just helps you to make informed decisions right in the end I mean in the end we have a CEO he's making a call sometimes or we have domain owners that can make the call in the end but I think it's important that everyone gets heard or lots of people with different perspectives and uh, so in the end I think it's a unique setup and and it only works because we have people like our CEO who in the end makes the call or our, yeah, me when it comes to recruiting or in other areas. It sounds like it must be loads of fun and particularly um, enriching, I suppose, to have such a, a strong group of leaders who are, who are working together, particularly given you guys have known each other for a time already. Um, with Pitch, what's the, the mission and vision of Pitch? What are you guys aiming to, the problem you're aiming to solve? Um, have you tried out the product? I have not recently, but I have been connected with you since a little while back now, which leads me to believe that I was using it in my previous company. So oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Do it again. I can only recommend it. The product improved so much since like the mm -hmm. last few months. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So I think since you already played around with it, um, we are building like the next generation of presentation software. So our goal is basically to really redefine how people work on presentations, share them, present them, and to have a whole presentation suite that covers all aspects, but really 
redefines the whole behavior around how you create a presentation and how you can um, involve people and collaborate on it, but also integrate data, um, how you can share it with your client or your customers, um, how you present it in front of an audience, all these parts we feel are ready to be changed and, and tackled. And um, when we started the company three years ago now, we just saw a big opportunity to really um, go after that market. And I mean, there are lots of interesting products coming out nowadays that tackle parts of the, the vision that we have, but we still see it more holistically and um, really don't see anyone who's tackling all the bits that we are trying to solve right now. If there is one thing in the professional world that probably needs a bit of a revolution, I reckon it might be this. So <laughs> you guys have, have definitely touched on something that's really important, which would which would explain why you've grown so quickly and scaled so quickly as well. So you started with the eight of you and you're now at about 90 as the, yeah. the person heading up. Sorry? Oh, yeah, actually 110 now. Oh, okay. Sorry, you're 110 now. So grown even more since we wrote down these notes last week. But um, tell us a bit more about what your approach has been to scaling. How have you grown the team? What sort of steps, what what kind of um, building blocks did you put in place to scale the team so quickly um, or effectively from eight to, to 110? Um, yeah, I think it's a progress. So since uh, the beginning of the company, we doubled the team every year. So 25, mm -hmm. 50, 100. Um, and uh, I think we always made the conscious decision in the beginning to hire really senior people um, because this really, I mean, this doesn't make the hiring speed faster um, because it's definitely more more difficult. But I think you just create a, bit, yeah, a bigger bandwidth internally to get on more people in the future. So I think, yeah, we basically invested in great leaders and, and great uh, individual contributors and uh, hired the right C-level at some point that helped us making the organizational adjustments to really scale up um, in the way how you organize the teams, right? We, we decided to have, yeah, cross-functional teams in, where, in which always a designer and engineering lead is working and um, so for us it was always important to build a very collaborative environment but um, to avoid hierarchies and up until 100 this was like working out really smoothly um, I think we also now we kind of changed the organization organizational structure a little bit um, that should help us to go to 200 hopefully but I think our underlying principles are always to have a very collaborative working approach in which people can choose how they want to work and, and on mm. what they want to work on obviously it's always a constraint uh, it's kind of depending on our focus areas of course but we want the team to be involved in the bigger decisions and um, I think uh, yeah th th this involvement of the team but also yet communicating clearly as leaders has helped us to get this far I would say. It seems like you have a really solid core of leadership leaders in your business and that you've added to those that group of leaders over time you mentioned wanting to hire senior people is that an approach that you've seen or learned before or is that 
something that you brought to the table here at Pitch, um, your, your, your approach? Um, I think, so when we started Pitch, all of us has been part of various startups before. I think we, mm-hmm. we all have seen what's been working, what's not. And I think one thing that we wanted to do right with obviously also having the necessary funding is really um, get people on board who know what they are doing and who mm-hmm. have been through this. Um, I think this helps you in the beginning to really make the right decisions and trust people to make the right decisions. You can't do this with just having juniors and if you need money as a business um, to make wise decisions. I think we always consciously saw ourselves as a mature startup um, that has been through years of experiences and now we want to really do it right um, from the beginning and not hire people um, that need to figure it out along the way. Because I think it's healthier, you create a healthier environment if you have people that help juniors in the future or people that are just in starting their, their career with like some guidance. And I think um, that's what's lacking in a lot of startups that the people that have their first job really learn from people that uh, have been doing this stuff before, right? And I think we consciously mm. wanted to say, we are hiring senior people and then we add on people that can learn. Um, but I think the other way around, it's usually not, not really time efficient and also not a great experience for for the team and you probably end up losing people along the way as well very early on um as, as i know i have experienced um you mentioned just now vanessa that you've done this before and so have many of the people that you're working with there's plenty of guides and articles and experiences that people have had about how to start up a company and how to scale that company is there anything that you've seen or read that you think is just a big myth about how you should approach scaling up your company? Um, I think I I think there yeah there's a trend of saying you have to hire fast and fire <laughs> are not performing. I think um, I think first you have to hire slow and really find the people that you need and really make conscious decision on who you hire and why you hire them. Then you don't need to fire fast. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a sustainable mindset to always react fast and always make these like, you're going to hire hundred people in the next three months and then um, those people will have to be let go one day Um, and uh, so I think from my side I prefer if you want to scale a healthy business you have to really start like really consciously on making a call on how you want to hire and what type of culture you want to create and this only works if you hire consciously in the beginning and really create a hiring plan and a core culture with the people you want to work with and then you can slowly scale this up and maybe even faster but I think you need to invest in hiring the right people first and not firing them because I and think then, yeah. I've heard so it's, it's interesting that you should say that because I've done this podcast with a couple of different people now and I've actually heard people say that that was their top tip you know you should hire fast and fire fast and I think um, again, you, to sort of draw back on that point that you made earlier, this is not the first time you've done this. You, you guys have done this before and you have been through these experiences before. So, you know, hopefully for those people who are listening today, you know, they're hearing 
somebody who 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 has done it more than once and and perhaps learned from those um, experiences in the past and being very reactive, like you say, is not a sustainable way to grow a company. Um, I'm super interested. Obviously, the last year has been crazy for everybody. We're all working remotely. Many people have had to adapt to that very quickly. Loads of people going through personal, you know, issues as well as professional ones. How have you guys kept your people engaged and motivated um, over the last year and, and through the growth of Pitch? Yeah, I think it was a tough year personally and professionally for everyone um, on this globe at Pitch. Uh, we even launched our product last year. So wow. <laughs> There was another layer of complexity for everyone in the team, but I think everyone has survived and done well. And uh, we gave everyone off three weeks for free uh, after Christmas. So everyone got to relax a little bit. Um, so I think for us, it was always first important to be empathetic with the team and uh, with the situation um, and what it does to everyone. I think there was a time where we consciously said, okay, you guys take the time you need, take a break mm. if you need, uh, be with your family um the workload was adjusted to the team i think the expectations were a bit lower but after a few weeks we also said okay you're gonna we're gonna need to launch this uh product this year so let's get all focused again and uh mm -hmm. but then also to really i think the most important thing as leaders is to be empathetic to the team and the situations you have in your team mm -hmm. and but then to also be clear on what's expected and what we as a team need to ship um, and to just have open conversations around this. Um, we supported the team, yeah, with extra time off. We offered a therapist um, that people could, yeah, get for themselves. We, um, yeah, tried to adjust the workload depending on the situation for, for the team. And uh, yeah, I think we consciously straight stayed or straight away straight away from uh yeah increase like doing all these artificial team events where people mm. are just forced to stay online even longer I yeah think even we, more yeah and so mm. we didn't do that i think we just made sure people feel connected they know where they can find their resources but also can make breaks and take breaks and feel fine mm -hmm. about it. that was more important for us actually okay and at the moment, am I correct that you guys are like partly based in Berlin, but partly distributed around the world? Is that correct? Yeah. So since day one, we hired remote. We we made some key hires very early on that were not based in Berlin and didn't want to move to Berlin. And this basically taught us already three years back to hire remote, but also create a remote culture and company. Um, and so when COVID hit, it wasn't really a change for us because we already had everything in place. And um, we have people in Tel Aviv, uh, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, States, everywhere. And uh, it's been amazing. Yeah. And But how do you balance the experience? This is something we've struggled with and, and I've heard others have as well how do you balance the experience for people who are based in berlin in the kind of hub or the headquarters if you like and the people who aren't how do you provide the same kind of engaging cultural experience for for both groups of people 
I think first it's important to create a culture in which no one is different than the others, right? Um, and, and in which no one is left out of conversations and, and decisions that are not made at the same place. So I think we created this rule that meetings have to always happen online. Also, when you're in Berlin, you have to always be on your Zoom. Um, you always have to document decisions. You mm-hmm. have to share and transparently uh, have these conversations on Slack and to avoid people people feeling left out but then also I think it's important long term for us to really think about long term remote strategy and how we want to go about that I guess there's a future where you basically say hey everyone can use the office it's not mandatory but it's like a working place that can that people can use but then also you need to support your your remotees with having maybe a co-working uh, budget where, where they can go mm-hmm connect with people um but then also to invest in company events once or twice a year where everyone can get together um yeah stuff like that i think it's something that i've been hearing that people have been struggling with is you have some people who are based let's say over here they're based in london and the people who work in london perhaps have a very different experience for those people who might be based in remotely outside of London and, and I'm, I'm sure that people will be interested to hear your perspective there on how to balance between the two and provide like you say um, I think a great tip there is that even if you're in Berlin you still do the meeting on Zoom so that everybody has the same experience of participating um, in the meeting. I've certainly been in that position myself long before we even knew what corona was so um, good to hear that. Um, Vanessa, uh, and finally, a question, uh, I guess, more about the leadership team and, and how you guys work together. Is there any rituals, any uh, practices that you guys have put in place to to communicate, to engage with that diverse population spread around the world? I think nothing that wasn't in place before, per se. I think for us, it was always... Um, I mean, we have very open channels in, in Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are doing like these happiness surveys every six mm-hmm. months in which we ask the team how how are things going? What should we improve as a leadership team? And we always try to act on these things pretty quick. But like having open Slack channels, having constant like, we have a team bulletin that's sent out on Friday in which everyone, every team can present what they worked on this week. Mm-hmm. Also the leadership team, but also... We share all the notes of, of every board deck with the uh, of board meetings after uh, they happen with the team. We um, share leadership updates. We have open Slack channels. We yeah try to. We even had like a company or like a management offsite in which we invited all the team leads and heads, which made it to a twenty eight people remote Zoom offsite. Mm-hmm. And it worked out amazingly. Um, wow yeah it was and it was fun for everyone it's uh, also surprising um so yeah no it, uh, i think um those are the things that are actively in place we don't do all hands um we didn't mm-hmm. last year but we try to and foster a culture around asynchronous communication and so having more routing of status updates and slack mm. and uh, written updates um rather than always these in-person meetings because those are very hard to schedule if you have a remote company right you have someone in mm. Canada, someone in New Zealand it would never really work for them to participate as someone who is born in that part of the world we were just told we had to stay awake until very very late if we wanted to join the meetings because 
that was my experience back before we even had Zoom. <laughs> but I know now definitely the asynchronous communication is definitely the key. Um, Vanessa, one final topic before we close. Um, I know that you're really, really passionate about organizational design and it's it's the thing that that you know you've been working on previously at Wanderlust and today at Pitch. How did you go about building the organization structure, the organizational structure for Pitch? What was your approach? I mean, it's first a team effort um, with like the leadership team and also the team leads and the people in the teams. Um, and I think for us um, as founders, it was always important to really build a structure that's not hierarchical and um, in which everyone is hurt and uh, <laughs> feels like they have a clear impact on the product and the business and uh, to really like avoid like a title game. Um, mm. I think we have titles. I mean, it's just also helpful at some point to have titles, but it's more about what they actually mean and how people are still able to be involved, right? Across, beyond mm. their titles. And I think uh, for us, um, we created a culture in which obviously there are team leads, uh, pillar leads, uh, that's how we call them right now because we have different mm -hmm. company pillars, but also we basically invite people for their opinion across beyond their teams and beyond their functions. So first having cross-functional cross teams, but also then uh, involving evolving the team um, in broader decisions and not just uh, based on their discipline. I think that was always important for us. And I think uh, it's been working out well. Um, let's see how scalable all that is. But um, so far we've done a great job, I think, in democratizing democratizing this book yep. yeah that's it <laughs> my, my language today um but yeah you preempted my question my question was going to be and is it working and you said it's working so far we'll see if it's scalable are you nervous that it might not be scalable I'm not nervous. I'm just aware that like yeah. building like building a team structure for 50 people is different than for 100 and 200 um so mm -hmm. Um, right now it's working and I think it will work for another year, but let's see how, um, yeah, how we can build a healthy and sustainable culture in which everyone feels heard and uh, feels mm -hmm. like they have a clear impact uh, beyond their daily work. Um, let's see how scalable that is. But I think, I mean, it was also a conscious and strategic decision to hire our VP engineering from Spotify, right? Spotify has always been known for very progressive engineering culture and working style. So, and we made her, gave her a promotion to our COO, uh, being our COO. And I think uh, she's uh, amazing as a leader and teaches us a lot from her experience in a fast paced environment. And I think we'll, we'll be fine. But I think, um, it was always important for us to hire leaders that really believe in the same values and us. I think, I think it's really um, commendable that you're actually highlighting that you will need to review it and that it won't, may not work for another year and we'll check in in the, in the year and see if, you know, that's still the direction we want to go. Um, many, many places that I've, that I've worked for and even people that I've spoken to would say, you know, we put this great plan together. It's our five-year plan and this is what we're going to do for the next five years. And, what you need today and what you need at the end of five years can be wildly different. So it's a very, um, yeah, I, I, again, like calling back to the fact that this is not the first time you've done this. 
that you you know what some of the the hiccups that you've experienced in the past could be and to to be reviewing that on a on a semi regular basis i think uh, speaks to to that experience that you have a couple of closing questions now Vanessa and this is where it gets a little bit fun um if there was something in business that you could fix with a magic wand one challenge one problem that you keep coming up against that you could wave your magic wand and fix forever what would that be hmm um I don't think there's one particular topic that I think that's I think I mean there's this one question that everyone in their remote world is asking is how do you stay connected to human at work when you work remote and I think our future will be remote even though we will have an office but we will have to really think about how to keep the human interactive component as a team, as a remote team, right? Um, even, or especially when you scale and you get bigger, you you just have Slack names um, and you have not many connections to the people you work with. And I think um, having like, a, I mean, there's so many things you can do. We have like all these coffee chats that can people, that people match up with and get to know each other. But I think, uh, I think it would be nice to have this one little recipe that says, okay, you do that and everyone knows each other and likes each other. That's it. That's, a, that's one that I probably would, would pick as well. It's definitely a challenge that we've all adapted to or adapting to over the, over the recent past. Is there a thought or a value that you live by? A particular phrase or thought or some kind of slogan that you've been using in your life? Not really. I wouldn't say there's like one one mm-hmm. inspirational quote that I'm waking up with every day, but I think I am just following my gut feeling most of the mm-hmm. time um, and having this connection to your, I think feeling something and having this intuition to something is better than always having data baked uh, insights. I, I know that being data-driven and having clear numbers to base decisions on is equally important but I think it's also important to have a clear intuition and follow this in your private Mm -hmm. life but also in work life yeah no I couldn't agree with you more and hopefully a lot of the people that um that we work with on a regular basis would be hearing that as well sometimes you do have to go with your guts um and is there as a people leader as someone who's been working in this space in some pretty nifty companies for such a long time is there any particular people leader or founder that you've worked with or, or know of in the in the world that that you would say is a particular inspiration for you? Um, I think I didn't meet her, but I think the Netflix VP people or chief mm-hmm. HR officer, uh, she's quite inspiring, and uh, mm-hmm. I mean, she built this amazing, huge um, company, and I think um, I wouldn't say that everything what other HR leaders are promoting as ideas is necessarily in line with what I say, but I think I'm admiring lots of um, people leaders that really build these amazing, hugely huge products um, mm. and the organization around that. I think uh, that's definitely inspiring. I think for me, it's always important to find more progressive, some progressive HR leaders that really believe in how HR can really change also the environment, but also how we as leaders should 
yeah, think more sustainably around the organizations we are building. I think there are not many that I know that are very outspoken about different approach, approaches and non-traditional ones, but I would love to meet more for sure. But I, And look, we'll keep trying to make podcast episodes with them and you have definitely been one of them, Vanessa. Um, I've had an absolute ball chatting with you today. So thank you very much for making the time. And I know that many people who've been listening to this series will get some real insight um, based on your ideas. And I think you've got a, a particular approach based on experience and trial and error in the past that is particularly unique and particularly useful um, for people who are who are just starting out on this journey. So I particularly loved your point about hiring consciously, about making sure that you have that headcount plan and being really intentional about the people that you're trying to bring in and, and you know the fact that you're so passionate about that but equally acknowledging that you may need to adapt and may need to review that in the future. So for those of you who've been listening today, that's the that, that's the bit that I've taken away from this chat. So I hope that you have too. Um, Vanessa, thank you so very much for your time. And we're very excited to follow the journey that you and Pitch will be having over the next little while. And I'm sure it will be either way a super successful one. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast talking to you. Thank you.